Go. Ready? My gosh. Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast, episode 17-9. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernet. Every week we hang out and listen to great video game music of all consoles and all generations. And this week we're talking about X-Files, the episode where there's an evil homeowners association. Now I've never seen it, so the episode is pretty much going to focus solely on Rob's interpretation I don't remember. of how the episode went. I don't remember much. Okay, so um, scene one. Uh, Mulder enters um, uh, an abandoned house and he sees a grisly murder scene. Okay, scene two, right? There's an evil homeowners association. Scene three, resolved. Aliens? Question mark. Be. I, I feel like I need to watch more of this show. Yeah, quite I, frankly, that's pretty compelling, right? That was good radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's Schmingy. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> no, that's pretty all right. Um, no, no, I just we were just talking about. Um, Supernatural, and I was like, oh, there's an episode of Supernatural with an evil homeowners association, and then we looked it up, and then it wasn't, and there we are. But Supernatural is still an addictive show. As you know, we already did a full episode devoted to it. Absolutely is. Because it's my baby. And they got one season left, and I want them to just do a bunch of crossovers with other cartoons. That's we sh- all I want. We should do We should do one more Supernatural episode with Ed as the last hurrah of that show. It'd be interesting because I wonder if there's anything we could tap that we didn't touch the first time. Oh, well, maybe it'd just be fun just to do it anyway, right? Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It'd be fun, <laughs> but it still leads to the question because we could just repeat the same stuff. Uh, this weekend, we're going to be in uh, Washington, D.C. at the Library of Congress with Ed from the VG Embassy and Brian and Gene from Pixelated Audio. And also, Congress. And also, we're going to be petitioning Congress for more video games. Yeah, that's what we'll be doing. We don't need any more video games. Let me tell you that right now. Now, how many video games um, are you going to play in the next week? Probably five. Five? Yes. That's not exaggerating. Probably about five games. It's amazing. Like, I had a period. (laughs) Who am I kidding? I still have that period. Where um, I'm like, ah, I'm not going out and doing enough stuff. Or, man, dating would be cool right about now. And it's like, yeah, but Perna, what are you doing with your free time? Lots of game reviews. <laughs> game reviews. All that time is going to the reviews. And honestly, I don't even regret it. I enjoy doing the game reviews. I yeah. enjoy diving into well, new material. That's good. It's scary almost, though, because the same on one hand, like most people... It's exciting know, I mean, buy, to play new games, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. just it, though. Like, most people will buy a game... And they'll play it for months sometimes, mm-hmm. and they'll enjoy it. They'll knock it out, and they'll go, okay, this was a satisfying experience. Time to move on. And exactly. They do that. Like, I, it's like me. I, I pick the one game, and that's what I play. Yeah, but me, I over the years, I developed a penchant for liking new things. Mm-hmm. I like to experience new games. How long I stick with them, who the heck knows? You are obsessed with the new game smell. Yes, and it doesn't even have to be a new release. It just has to be new to me. Not New Game Plus. Not New Game Plus. I don't new, have time. New Game Smell. New Game Smell. New Game Plus rarely works for me. Because, <laughs> like, what's a New Game Plus? The same game you played earlier for 110 hours, but now there's one boss fight at the very end. Yeah. Like, uh, why? Why? But, um, listeners, we're not talking about game reviews on Rhythm and Pixels. We're talking about game reviews on uh, the SML podcast. 
and at heypoorplayer.com. Those are great places, and reviews happen there, too. The reviews happen there. You want to learn about new stuff? All about mech, stemin- mech stermination force is coming out. I'm, I'm laughing at the fact that you not only that you actually remembered it, but you did still stutter at the first bit because, like, it's I such tried, a weird title. It is a weird title. But, no, I, I've been following um, – once, once you told me about it, I started following the developer on Twitter and seeing some, some gameplay of it, and I thought, whoa, this looks super cool. It's a fantastic game. It actually – I don't like – well, just to clarify, I, I write for the site, mm. and they require you to do numeric ratings because that's just how things work. It's part of like the whole meta rating critic thing. Yeah, yeah. Like they have to. It just has to be encountered so they can more exposure, basically. Sure. But I suck at giving numbers, so usually it's like you got thumbs up, thumbs down. Your, yeah, that's my mind. Pass my mind's fail. like thumbs yeah. up. Yes, pass fail is my mindset. <laughs> pass fail. But in the scope of this game, I actually it was like. I love this game so much. I gave it like a, a perfect score because of just genuine appreciation for like it's definitely worth reading the review. But pass, pass plus. Yeah, pass plus. Pass smell. Pacifist. Pacifist. Can you play a pacifist? Oh, it doesn't, God, doesn't look like that kind of game. No, you, this is like a side-scrolling kind of running gun. You talk the robots into submission. You talk. Um, no, it's <laughs> it's not even a side score. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's a. Uh, um, it's a game where it's just boss rushes. The game will say, hey, um, you need to go kill this robot. Choose one of these robots to go fight. And you go, mm-hmm. and the robots are always huge. And they just make you like a dwarf. And then you have to basically blow off all their armor and then find their red cores and then run up to the red core and smash it with a sledgehammer because your guns can't break it. Oh, interesting. And it's an interesting concept because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just saying the review right now, but... Eventually, oh, I, I'm asking because I'm, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm curious. It's yeah. a great game. Yeah, yeah, but like yeah. what's happening is like after you get a little bit into the game, the guy, the guy that runs the weapon shop will say, "Hey, here's a new upgrade for you: some magnet gloves. So now you can climb on metal surfaces." So now this adds scalar capability to the game. Hmm. And the very next boss you fight is multi screens tall, so you <laughs> have to blow off his armor plating and then climb his body to get inside of him. And then blow off all these cords and get to the top and smash the cords on top of both of its heads. And it is ridiculous. That sounds so much fun. Because it is. Well, so then if you die along the way, do you restart from the beginning? Or are there checkpoints throughout the No checkpoints. No, it's well, just one and done. One and done. But honestly, if it had checkpoints, I think it would ruin it. Mm, it, it really? Sh- yeah. All the, it I just mean, ruins the flow? Yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, I beat the boss. I mean, the first time I fought, well, not the first time I fought him, because, oh, God, I took a retries. But the first time I beat that guy, mm-hmm. my time was like three minutes and 40-something seconds. Okay. So yeah, that's... Um, you don't really need a checkpoint for a three-minute span. It's just get it done. I'll tell you, I'll tell you I'm playing through the Messenger right now on the PS4. I'm having a, a, the darndest time with these boss fights. The darndest time. As in like you're having a challenging time or you're enjoying it? I'm enjoying it, but it is challenging. I am replaying these fights over and over again, trying to defeat them. I'm, I'm stuck on the dragon battle right now if any of our listeners know about this it's just kicking my butt now it's super hard now it's interesting that we're talking about this because it lends and leads into a topic yeah that's it, been all the rage this last week and, and it's almost one i want to avoid anyway but i'll just say like i'm enjoying the challenge but it's hard it was like i feel like the difficulty had a really gradual ramp up yeah it's a good and, ramp up. And, it's, and for this game it's Really good ramp up now. And I'm just and that's, that's that's just where I'm at right now. And I'll beat it because like I play one game and I beat my head against it. But that's what I wanted. But then you win. Yeah. And yeah. that's and honestly, I know you're like you don't want to talk about, it, but I'm gone there anyway. I don't know. It's but just, people, just to say, I used you as an example. Yeah. And 
uh, description that I made where I was like, I have a like, I love Enter the Gungeon, love it to death. I never got past the fourth floor. I got there maybe one time in mm-hmm. my life, mm-hmm. and I still go back and play it on occasion. And then I'll go. I have this friend. <laughs> we'll call him Rob <laughs> Blorb. Blorb, who beat the entire game and got the true ending for the game. Sure. Amongst other things, because I didn't play anything else. Doesn't <laughs> change the point. <laughs> you did it. You put. You played it. You got to the end. You did this thing. Now, you could have just said, I don't play Planets anymore. I'm going to go play Final Fantasy X for the 12th time. Uh, no. You could have done that. Oh, well, I did, but... Oh, you did <laughs> do that. That is true. But the point is, you enjoyed the push. You were you were engaged in it. Yeah. And sometimes that is that is the joy. That is. Yeah. It's um For me, that's definitely where it's at. I think I've talked about this in the past, where extremely challenging like platformers and bullet hell games i enjoy because it puts me into a, like a zone yeah, and like that state. and that's like kind of my escape escapism like that's my escape moment you know my brain kind of shuts off and it's only focused on the one thing which is why i love rhythm games so much to be honest with you oh yeah i mean it's like that's my go-to still I and mean, of course now i own the machine it's just all i do it's like three minute it's like tunnel vision and three minute increment uh, three minutes for now oh, i forgot you play those wacky like 10 minute marathon Heck runs yeah i'm working on a 60 minute marathon Right. Yeah, I'm trying to get better at walking up the street to get a soda. No, I just I finished a um my, my, my biggest accomplishment was on sad Saturday? Yeah, Saturday I finished one that was two fifth uh two sets of fifty measures of unbroken sixteenth notes at like hundred and forty beats per minute. So Jesus. It was right. like about six minutes. So I'm working my way up. That's not even that hard. So I'm working I'm, my I'm way I'm working up. my way up, guys. I'm working my way up the tempo. Because <laughs> I want to, I want to finish the Eurobeat songs that are like you know 160 beats per minute, 170 beats per minute. Soon, soon I'm gonna do it. Soon he'll be one with the Speed Force. So I'm thinking like in a few months I'm gonna pass um, "Stay Awake" by Madion, which is a 14. Um, the K-pop Mega Mix, which is a 15. That's about 40 minutes. And then "Who's Afraid of 138," which is an hour long stream of like it's just a trance it's, it's it's just a, it's pretty much like a, a a trance dj mix and it just goes on and then it's just unbroken christ no so i i need to like prepare for that like i would prepare for the marathon so who wants to talk about hot limit folks? like i have to get my um oh there's a really good version of that i have that's a 14 it's awesome but no uh, <laughs> um but yeah it's short because no no that's hot limit's got a long version from fifth mix remember that yeah that's the one i know yeah that was good but i could actually do that long version. That, that's in my Eurobeat folder. <laughs> I love Eurobeat. All right, let's not talk about Eurobeat anymore. But we might come back to that. No, there's no there's no overlap. I don't know. Maybe nature finds a way. I love Eurobeat. Um, so this we we just we were talking about future topics, and we thought let's do something special for April, right? Yeah, and the idea ended up <clears throat> being uh, a sort of series of episodes where <laughs> hold on. We're going to actually try to talk about our favorite games and specific genres right. and choose music tracks related specifically to those games. Now, I know what you're thinking. We play completely different games. Right? That is also one thing. <laughs> That's one thing. What's the other thing? The other thing is, uh, but guys, you tend to pick games from games, tracks from games you like already. It's true. And honestly, that may happen again. That's just how it works. Yeah. But nonetheless, it's still just kind of enjoyable to just kind of tap each other's shoulders and say, so what are games that you like? What are your favorite games? Yeah. And mm-hmm. just go on a discussion. Like, right. I like this game. This is where the music fits exactly. into it. Blah, blah, blah. And so Pranav was like, hey, let's pick 
from the games that we love, right? Like our, our top favorites. Try to narrow them down. But try, keyword. Try, yeah. But pick the music based on the games rather than picking the, the games based on the music. Does that make sense? Like we would normally just, oh, which game, like where, where's our favorite music at? We would go towards that. This time we're restricting ourselves into the game. And this week we're starting with RPGs. And we're going to be doing this all month. But this week we're going to use do RPGs, which is tough because I started making a list of all the RPGs I've played and it was extremely short. <laughs> and then I narrowed it down to the ones I've completed because the ones I love I've completed. Mm-hmm. And that's even shorter. I mean, like, I can count them on my hand. Whereas in my... <laughs> one hand. One hand. <laughs> Whereas in my world, it just, the list started large and just got bigger. Yeah, you texted me today. You're like, Rob, I'm worried. I got too much. I was struggling. Was too and, much. And this is why I have to add the disclaimer that my list is erratic. It, honestly, I love tons of games. Mm-hmm. And though I did a pretty solid job of saying, this hits the core. At the end of the day... You could probably walk up to me and say, hey, Purdy, what is about that game? Like, That's like my favorite game. And it's not a lie at all. Yeah. It's so, just, it didn't hit the list this night. One thing I also realized when picking through the games that I've played and all this, I, I'm not an RPG fan. I just, I'm just not, like, I'm not drawn towards it. Um, so my favorites are the ones that I felt compelled to finish through. So either the story was great or it was the gameplay specifically. So for each of the games, um, there's something specific about it that compelled me. To, to complete it. And I'll be blunt, I think this is going to be an episode where I'm going to grill you on each of those. Like, what was the I thing that not. drew you? Please don't. <laughs> no, I no, have no, no, to. No, 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 maybe not the story. Don't give me specific. Not the story, yeah, just yeah, the yeah. thing that drew you I'm to gonna, the game. Yeah, I'm going to do my best. Um, <laughs> He's like, I got to edit that. Let me just, let me just, hold on. <laughs> let me just come over here. And, um, let me just delete, 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 delete. <laughs> Fraggle Dargle. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> no, this is actually 17 9, so this is, oh, we start with you. Oddball McGull. Yeah, so let's here, let's introduce the track, we'll listen to it, and then let's dive into um, the game, why you love the game. Okay, so the first track I'm going to pick is an interesting one, and hopefully it doesn't seem like an odd choice for this game, but whatever. You'll like it, okay. hopefully. Yeah. It is from the game Earthbound. And the track is referred to as Peaceful Rest Valley and is composed by Kichi Suzuki and Hirokazu Tanaka. My man, Hip. Hip Tanaka. All right, let's go.
Welcome back. You're listening to the track Peaceful Rest Valley from the game Earthbound from the Super Nintendo, composed by Kichi Suzuki and Hirokazu Tanaka. So, first thing to clarify and get it out of the way, yes, that wacky water sound is a part of the track. Okay. I, I like it. It sounds really cool, but it is definitely part of the song. Yes. Yeah. And it is glorious. What about the part that goes... <laughs> it's like you're going down a slide, and then there's a point where the slide dips harder. Yeah. It goes. <laughs> yeah, and then it like, and then it kind of, kind of levels out, and then, and it, goes, then it goes again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, you're like, what is with this track? It is interesting. Peaceful rest valley. Yes, because in this place is anything but peaceful. Uh, it doesn't sound super peaceful. It's really well, not. Like, if it were just the sound effects of the, the stream, like yeah, that'd be peaceful. But everything else is kind of spooky. This is a very dangerous place mm. in the game. So, like, okay. I have a friend. Well, I'll go on. I'll mention this, and then I'll go on to, like, it leads into what I like about okay, it. Okay, so Earthbound. So Earthbound, I have a friend who's recently he recently decided he wanted to start playing Earthbound. He's mm. been putting it off for a while. He's probably listening to the episode right now. And um, what ended up happening was I was like, okay. We started talking about it, and he got into the idea of how bosses, like, hit really hard sometimes. And I said, okay, well, the trick is just to keep mashing the button, the scroll button, to get through all the dialogue in order to get to a point where you can heal before you die. Because in this game, one of the weird quirks, which is why I like Earthbound, mm -hmm. is that when you take massive damage, you don't just lose the health. Your health bar is like a rule, is like a tick gauge. And it ticks down, like uh -huh. number rolls up, number rolls up. So if you're fast enough with dealing with the menu... You can actually oh. get through to your items and heal yourself before you hit so zero. you get hit. It, it goes down gradually, but it, if you're fast enough, you can stop it. Yes. It's quick gradual, mind you, but it's still gradual. It's not oh. an instant cut. Very interesting. So what's interesting about this, when he was talking to me about it, it have, he was at a part that's right before Peaceful Rest Valley. Mm. Peaceful Rest Valley puts that technique to the test for the first time in the game because there's these walking trees called like... Uh, territorial oak or something like that. They're basically oak trees. And when you fight them, they hit hard in general. Okay. But when you kill them, they blow up and do death-dealing damage every time. They kill you when they die. Okay. So the like only way to party or just like... Everybody, though, in Peaceful Rest Valley, it's just you at first because you haven't met Paula yet. Mm -hmm. You're actually going to save Paula at this point. Okay, so how do you how do you get past this then? Mash A as fast as you can and get uh. to the end of the battle. So it says, hey, you won. Here's your experience points. But if you don't do it fast enough, you'll die when he does. So this, do you think do you think they did that in this section to teach you to do that? No, they no. just did it. And you better <laughs> know how to do it or you will die. Oh, man. And that's what I like about Earthbound so much and why it's one of my all-time favorite RPGs. One, it's modern as the dick is. I love modern RPGs. And that takes place modern day. And I like that too. Day. Yeah, there's not enough that do that. Well, I mean, there's more now. There's more now, but back then, this was like this and the original Mega Ten games were like the only game in town. Yeah, for but that. otherwise, it was always like fantasy setting. Yeah. Like, or high fantasy, you know, like the whole Tolkien, like monsters, are, uh, hit points, magic Stop points. kill the orcs and yeah, goblins. Yeah, there's goblins and trolls. And the other there's thing. There's goblins and trolls. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, gotta, tell, gotta answer three riddles. Right, right. Now, the other aspect Riddles. of this game, <laughs> Riddles Prinkle, I can do. is that <laughs> this game is weird. It does so many things that are just out of left field, mm -hmm. unconventional things that in some cases, you give it to the wrong party, they'll just trash it for being different. Heck, this game got trashed when it came out mm. for being different. Now it's a cult classic. Oh, yeah. Um, but like things like the rolling health bar, the wacky monsters that you fight, 
The fact that you fight with like weird psychic powers and all the enemies are just there's a rambling evil mushroom. And there's like a what was it the annoying old party man who just yells at you and tells you stupid stories and that's how he fights you. Like things like that. You can't I can't to this day think of too many games that get wacky like Earthbound does. Mm. And if I do, it's probably another game in the Mother series anyway. So whatever. Yeah, that's true. It's funny, like like the, the, people talked about it that way. I wonder when Toe Jam and Earl came out because that had some weird stuff going on. Yeah, Toe Jam and Earl was like I want to say ninety two, no, maybe. Ninety. Yeah, I'm going with ninety two. Someone can prove me wrong if they want. But ninety two. Maybe Toe Jam and Earl. Maybe Toe Jam and Earl gets that pass. Is that pass because it's like it was marketed to be like real wacky and funny and zany, right? Yeah, but even with that, though, it was like, I don't think it still hit this level of zany. Like, this is its own little mark. Like, Toe Jam and Earl's wacky was, okay, you're running around, and there's humans, and the humans are wacky, yeah, and they chase you. <laughs> yeah. But they're not fighting you. They're just being annoying humans, which... Wait, come on, that's normal. Yeah, which seems about right. Yeah. I'm mowing my lawn. Oh, look, an alien. I'm going to run him over my power. That's normal. The power of that funk music is going to take care of him. Oh, Funkatron. The whole concept Funkatron. of Funkatron is gold. I love it. Yeah. But like Earthbound is just weird in its own world in a way that I stand by the fact that a lot of people like to say, like, my favorite RPG is Dragon Quest, or my favorite mm-hmm. RPG is Final Fantasy X, whatever. Is yours Earthbound? Mine is probably Earthbound. Probably Earthbound. Yeah, like maybe, maybe. tomorrow possibly. it might be different. Yeah. But I will say Earthbound will always, always heart. be in my top three. Okay. Forever. I love it. All right. So that's that's definitely in the in the uh, the pantheon of the Purnell's pantheon of playable RPGs. Bet you're bippy. <laughs> All right. All right. So I'm gonna start with one of my all-time favorites, which is. Few, but no, this is a Chrono Cross for the Sony PlayStation. Now, I I know that this one is not a huge favorite either. Chrono Trigger certainly is. Oh yeah, and I like this one so much more. Like we can get into that. In a we second. can get into that. They're, they're different games, clearly, but I love, 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 love Chrono Cross for the Sony PlayStation. This is a track called the Dream Watch of Time, which has a, a, a it's later in the game in it, but it has a lot of the same themes from um, earlier songs. Um, and it's composed by Yasunori Mitsuda.
This is the Dream Watch of Time from the game Chrono Cross for the Sony PlayStation, composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. And I love this song. It's because it really weaves in together that theme from the uh, the Overworld, Another World, mm-hmm. when you first like travel to the other dimension, and it also weaves in the theme of Chrono Trigger, kind of together, which is really cool. I guess I kind of can hear a bit of the Chrono Trigger like main theme, like did 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 not. Not, I'm not saying that's the exact part, but that's the theme I'm hearing. But yeah, that's definitely the theme. Yeah, I forget what that. I think it's just called like the something of time. Probably is. Yeah, which is course why this is called the Dream Watch of Time. So this is like I think this plays like when those two worlds sort of converge a little bit within the game, which I don't remember too well. Right near the because end. Because what I love about Chrono Cross is the massive amount of characters that you could just go and explore and just do all sorts of things. No, I have to ask though before we get too sidetracked. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm going to ask this about every game that uh, you picked. Yeah? What would, would you say was the thing that made you say, I'm not putting this one down. I'm going to play through this. I think it was... It was really... I, I love the um, the characters. Mm-hmm. The um, uh, the villain was really cool. Not, not the villain, but the villain in the early part of the game. You, you actually... When you traveled... To the other dimension, you become that. Character. Oh, you're talking about Lynx. Lynx, yeah, yeah, Lynx. I can't remember his name. Thanks, Lynx. You become Lynx. Like he's the villain for for so much. Like oh, it's like a standard RPG, you know, a hero villain, and then suddenly you're playing that character, and you're and you don't know who you are and where you're at, and, and you have to play through. You play through a lot of the game as Lynx. I did like that a lot. Actually, yeah, I really enjoyed that. It's so compelling, and then all of the side quests so many side quests to yes. do there's like a huge amount of characters in this game and that's just what made me want to keep playing it. I, um, I really that. enjoyed the magic system the, the fight like the, the turn based battles in this game like it isn't the, the prettiest looking game by today's standards for sure but when this came out it's super colorful um, the characters are, are really well designed especially like on the menu screens I can the, tell the you this the artwork is really cool I can tell you this mm-hmm. so I I need to get back and resume it but I actually downloaded it for the Vita and started playing it again because I have fond enjoyment memories of this game but there's certain aspects that don't stick anymore like I don't remember like for example to this day I can't remember exactly what the deal with Lynx was I know he was like some weird like frag or some component of like the time devourer or some nonsense <laughs> but uh I could not tell you right now honestly it, it was such that, a weird confusing plot and that's but, also going to be a theme of my show today is that I don't remember much about all these <laughs> <laughs> I just know that the game itself is awesome but I want to revisit so I actually yes. downloaded it for the beta and started playing it again on yeah, there and it's really, actually it looks nice on there we were, I was talking about this with Christy, and I was like, I would love to play this again on a modern system, but I really don't think this is going to get a re-release, let alone like a like a like a, a an HD remix type thing anytime soon, because it's just not like people don't love this as much as some of the other games. Honestly, that's part of what bugs me about mm-hmm. the, a lot of the re-release market. Anyway, though, I'm obviously probably being unfair to the companies mm-hmm. in some respects, but games like this, I feel like deserve like remasters and remakes. I, I love this game and so much. Even if you don't like Chrono Cross. There are other games in this era of RPGs mm-hmm. that could totally stand to get a fresh coat of paint and a re-release today, and they would feel like brand new games yeah. because of how archaic they looked originally. But instead, we're getting like, you don't know, like another remaster of like Borderlands. Or, <laughs> yeah, or we were whatever. talking about that earlier. But like, really, um, if you don't have the time to play Chrono Cross, or um, maybe maybe you weren't a fan with it to begin with, I really. Um, suggest or my I recommend going on YouTube and listening to the full soundtrack. 
Very it's, much it's, so. It's one of the best. It's absolutely one of the best. Um, and there are a lot of great, not remixes, but rearrangements by like string quartets and orchestrations of this of the music that are fantastic. It's it's moving. It's so good. Yeah, I will say that no one's divided on the OST for this game. It's it's it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's well renowned at yeah, this point. Yeah, yeah, Mitsuda is fantastic, um, and he is yeah one half of Base Escape from uh, Grand Kingdom. Still love that name. I know, I love that too. I need to go back to Grand With, Kingdom uh, too. Hitoshi Sakamoto. It's it's yeah, it's some really cool stuff. We need to get on this blueprint for a hyperbolic time chamber, just like the Dragon Ball one. That'll get us all the time we need to play all those backlog titles. I just need to stop time. Yes. To play more RPGs. That that's a thing, man. That's it's real. I'm getting older. Forty six years old. It's it's 46. tough, man. Right. Hard. Right. What's what is your second game? Second game. Alright, well, I'm surprised I'm even picking this, but um I listened to this track so much at work today that I think it still works for the episode. Surprised to be picking it. What's it gonna be? It's gonna be from the game Shimigami Tensei Devil Survivor 2, and the title of the track is called Countdown. Huh. And it is composed by Kenji Ito in the Atlas Sound a team. Yes. So this is from the ones you sent me, this is the only one Kenji Ito was involved in. So it's Kenji Ito. And then also composing is Kenichi Tsuchiya, Atsushi Kitajo, Ryota Kazuka, and Toshiki Konishi of the enormous Atlas Sound Team. <laughs> Ginormous! Right. Welcome back. You're listening to Countdown from the game Shin Megami Tensei Devil Survivor 2 for Nintendo DS, composed by Kenji Ito and also the Atlas Sound Team, Kenichi Tsuchiya, Atsushi Kitajo, Ryota Kozuka, and Toshiki Konishi. Mm-hmm. So, this is also known as that track that I unintentionally had playing for over an hour in my office today as I was rushing to get all of my work done. In order to get out on time. Spoiler <laughs> alert, I did not get out on time. No. <laughs> but I still did a lot in a short amount of time. That's okay, because you were a little late, and then we met up for water ice. That's right. And Delicious water ice. Oh, I mean, I ate frozen custard. But it's all good. Yeah, well, I had water ice and custard. You like the mix. Better believe it. Yeah, yeah. The way to do it. So this track, it's a short loop, 
but it's a glorious loop in the game. Mm -hmm. This track, as you can probably guess, is it boss? No. Oh. It, this is like a story type track. It plays during element um, moments of crisis. So a situation where humans are being attacked by monsters, and you're like, okay, we got to save them. What do we do? Okay, come up with a plan. And everyone's trying to sort things out. And then eventually it's like, okay, battle set. Time to choose your party and draw your people up and get saving humans. Um, but this is a very, very good track to get the tension going. Oh, my, favorite, my favorite part's even coming up. <laughs> oh, here it comes. Dun, 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 dun. Very creepy. <laughs> That's cool. But it's, oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love the entirety of this OST. There's two other tracks I brought for this episode, and they'll probably end up coming up on a later episode. One in particular with a topic that I had in mind. Um, but why do I like this game so much? Well, Devil Survivor 1, I believe, had the better story. But the reason why I chose 2, one, because I wanted this track, badly. Two is the fact that for all what Megaton is, I feel like this did the best job, gameplay-wise, of really wrapping it into a really slick pack. Mm -hmm. It has the battle system that I like so much, where you pretty much configure what your characters can have. The humans usually can get customized through like either demon negotiations or whispering systems or Magatama or whatever. Whispering systems? Yeah, like in Megaton hey, Shimagami. Hey, demon, you come fight for me, okay? Oh, not even then. Hey, you in come this do case. that thing, okay? <laughs> hey, them. It's more like the opposite, where if you befriend the monster, and if the monster comes up for you, he's like, hey, guy, you like fire? I can teach you a real cool fire spell. <laughs> Set your whole family on fire. Like, no, don't no, no, do no, 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 just the enemy over there. Over there. No. I don't want to kill my family. I just want to be a hero. Can you help me with that demon? Nah, it's not as fun. Yeah. Whatever. This is disappointed. <laughs> yeah, he's like, do what, do what you want. Here's Aguilar or whatever. Look, look, next time. Next time. <laughs> right? like, you, you always say next time. <laughs> I want to burn families. <laughs> No! <laughs> this show got dark. <laughs> but like, Well, Devil Survivor is, is a dark series. Though. Oh, they're all dark, though. Admittedly, admittedly, Devil Survivor 2 is probably one of the lightest of the Megaton games, side stories or otherwise. Okay. Um, but I like how it has... It combines the combat system that I like as well as like the demon and skill customization system of previous games. Hmm. But it also has like a turn-based uh, like strategy element to it too where characters are actually being manipulated on a map mm -hmm. to engage in battle with cool. opposing forces and then the normal battle system kicks in which is like a shortened version of the normal Mega 10 combat oh, system. So like, like, like a tactical piece and then a turn based kind of fight. Mm -hmm. oh, I like that. And it's really, really good. To this day it is my favorite style of combat in Mega 10 period. Mm. I'm fine with that. Um, I just <laughs> wish more. I wanted Devil Survivor 3 yesterday. Um and quite frankly, is I feel like the game itself is even kind of underappreciated. I don't really hear a lot of people talk about. It. Hmm. Like one or two. You mean it's because on the, because it's on the DS? Very possible. Because yeah. I know I got a, they both got remakes on the 3DS with added content and the like, and they may well have not have sold very well. So maybe it's only a matter before we see it on the Switch. Mm -hmm. Oh God, that'd be nice if it did. I mean, it would get weird because on the. They did a good job of utilizing both screens on this, mainly for menus and stuff, oh, but I still, see, it was a nice use of it. Yeah. So that, that's can, the thing, though. Like, You can't make things backwards compatible if it was so specific to the hardware. It's like, oh, I got the you know the new Nintendo Switch. You know, it's backwards compatible to the Virtual Boy. It's like... Well, I mean, <laughs> it depends on the game, because they'll find a way. Like, 
Um, I never. I wouldn't have thought the world ends with you could have been functional on the Switch. Yeah, that's true. That's right. They, they changed the controls, right? It got rid of the entire second battle screen. <laughs> like, well, they're like, we don't need that anymore. Right. They just burned it and then just oh, burned your family. Whatever. <laughs> Go back, 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 back on the fire printout. <laughs> but no, they pretty much just scrapped that entire top screen and made it so that it would work on the one screen system, originally yeah. on iOS and then to the Switch. I think that's really interesting. That's really cool. But like, mm-hmm. I love Megaton to death. Yeah, I love a bunch of games. Like you might have heard me mention in previous episodes, Digital, Digital Devil Saga being a, a love of mine. And it's still. Oh amazing. yeah, yeah. We, we play a lot of that music from Shoji Maguro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super, super good stuff. And of course, Persona One and Persona Two are mm-hmm. my top dogs. Oh yeah. Um, but so you might be thinking, why not pick from those? And the answer is simple: one, this is my flavor for the day, and two, right? Like I described earlier, it's that. It's that combat and monster management system in this specific game that trumps all the other ones Mm. for me and makes it like one of my king RPG games. Oh, wow. Highly recommend it. Well, then let's stay with the Mega Ten offshoots because I'm going to play a track from Persona 3 Fez for the PlayStation 2. What do you think about that? That's all right, I guess. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) This track is called The Snow Queen, and it's composed by Shoji Maguro and Kenichi Tsuchiya. Listening to the Snow Queen from Persona 3 Fez F E S from the for the PlayStation 2, composed by Shoji Maguro and Kenichi Tsuchiya. I was expecting this to be like a like a creepier track or mm-hmm. a track that would come across as more of a homage to the Snow Queen from Persona 1. But I'm getting none of that from this. No, it's very that's very different. It's very cool. And that's that's why I wanted to pick from Persona 3. Because a lot of my, a lot of what drew me into this game was the style. Like I've never played anything with this this kind of style, and I just had to see it through. And then of course, like now, all- when you say style, are you referring to like the menu aesthetics or the way the game flows? The characters, the characters, and the way the the way the game flows too. Like every, and then the and sort of the menus, but like the way everything looked. Like the way you flowed from, like having a daytime to a nighttime, the daytime doing all of, like the social stuff, to going into the nighttime where you're essentially just grinding the same dungeon over and over again, is what it felt like. To 
all of the battles, which are very, very heavily like um, uh, fighting against certain elements, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's always like one element against the other. You know, where are the correct tactics to beat this or that? And then grinding it out to get to the next boss. But I really, really enjoyed playing this game. And again, I can't tell you much about it. I remember the characters were kind of cool. I remember the social links were pretty embarrassing. Um, I remember I would um, I would go through the dungeon as hard as I could without grinding until I got killed by a boss. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed doing that. That was so much fun. That was kind of like what happened with me in that game where like as you got towards the end of the game, you were running out of time to do social links. And you're like, crap, I gotta get to the, I gotta get to the top this point of Tartars at a certain date. Yeah. And I I don't want to use my time on this though, because as you remember, when you go into a dungeon, you're too tired to do anything enjoyable that night. That's right. So you don't want to waste you it. You had to balance like you can there's I guess there was a way to do all of the social links, like all of the all of the little like mini not mini game, but all the little like dating sim type stuff, all the other characters in the game. Which you would do to level up the personas and level up all these different items and things, but um, but yeah, I'm sure there was a way to do it, but I don't think it was a guide. A, you or were good yeah, luck, exactly. You were not intended to to do all of that. You were intended to pick 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 and choose, maybe based on the persona or maybe based on the characters. Yeah, that was actually like yeah. the theme of the game as a whole was more like the, the live your best life. Yeah, I like that. That then to good. a point. <laughs> well, I'm not going to spoil it, but, but yeah, it's uh, so good. For I me. spent I put a lot of hours into this, just trying to do all the different things and and see all the different things. And a lot of it had to do with the music. The music was so interesting. Like the case in point is this track where it's kind of dark. It's almost kind of funky. Something about it reminds me of the anime serial experiments lane. Hmm. It's kind of like nineties techno. I can kind of see that. Um, like if she were walking to like a cyber cafe or something, this would be playing. Yeah, over the speakers. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's very like, it sounds like very, um, it's called generative. I think it's generative music or it's like computer generated music where a composer wouldn't write the music. The composer would write an algorithm that would generate the music. Hmm. And then you sort of just let it go. And you get a lot of happy accidents out of it. I <laughs> like the happy accidents. Exactly. Or you just get like, you know, 10 minutes of just weirdness. And that's what this kind of sounds like to me. But it loops really nicely. And it has this little, this little funky little... Which I really like. But it's cool. It's a cool track. It does have me wondering even more so now if, if P5 would click for you. Because the way you're describing why you like this so much... Mm -hmm. A lot of that's in there too. I know. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I should probably, I should probably play Persona Five. I should probably do it. I should. I mean, everyone, I, I, people love it. I mean, you've you, you spent a lot of time in that that world. It brought me back to playing games again. That's when true. At a time where I'd given them up. Yeah, that was like. I mean, I, I wonder if we can actually reference the episodes where like that occurred. I can. I could. I can't remember the exact episode, but I know this <laughs> happened actually close to this time two years ago because yep. people have been posting their Persona 5 re acquisition memories in Facebook. Oh, and they've been coming back? Yeah, because <laughs> it released this week two years ago. And, of course, that's on my list, too. And I'm like, oh, here's my collection of all the Persona games that came out in America. And da -da -da, I'm playing it. And I was like, I can't believe it. I put this in just to see what the intro looked like before making dinner, and then I stayed up till 3 in the morning. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, this like, is weird. Wow, I'm still in this game I like games again what happened to me <laughs> it was really nice and something I was very happy to experience yeah I think uh, it's not like a funk it's like um, maybe like someone stops listening to music because they, everything's 
everything's old or they, they feel like they've heard everything and then suddenly they hear one song on the radio or someone plays it for them and like it changes everything like I didn't know you could do this it's you know revitalization but yeah it, it clicks in your brain it's like the, it hits the starter engine right oh yeah, yeah. and I needed it I also was... one last thing I want to mention about this track was um, our, fr- our mutual friend Mike was still living in the east coastish area and he brought this up to our house when he was visiting one time uh-huh. because he was like you gotta see the opening of this thing I've is never... that how you got into Persona 3 yeah I never knew uh, that. That's how I was introduced to it. And um, so, yeah. So, thanks, Mike. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. There it is. See? Now, you gotta, now what you got to do is visit again and, and bring Persona 5 and go, Hey, Rob, you got to check out this <laughs> intro. You're going <laughs> to love it. <laughs> yeah, he's going to show up. Of course, he lives much further away now, but um, <laughs> that'd be really funny. It'd be, it'd be really strange if he showed up. <laughs> it would be hysterical, too. I wouldn't turn it down. True. He's that a, makes two of us. He's a great guy. He's a good friend. Okay, um, we're on to your, I think your third. And I have yet another track. This is, And this is it. You only have three top games. Everything else, gone forever. Desert Island rules. No! No, I'm kidding. No! You can't do that. <laughs> the one thing you so... promised me, Rob. I have to admit there's more than three games or four games, wink, <laughs> wink, that I could possibly comment on here. But I'm going to try anyway. Okay. So here's a track that everyone's going to probably hate me for selecting. But I love it. And it needs to get played on this show at some point in my life. It was happening today. I'm so curious. I'm looking at your set list. I'm thinking your massive set list. And I'm like, which one would people hate you for playing? What is it? Well, you'll find out because it's coming up now. It is from the game Star Ocean 2. The second story it is titled Dynamite. It is composed by my baby friend man, Motui Sakuraba. <laughs> your baby friend man. <laughs> <laughs> He is. It's true. <laughs> well, I was asking you earlier. I'm like, oh, is it going to be? Is it going to be Sakuraba? Is, it, is, it, is he going to make it? He had to make the cut. Got to make that cut. Got to make the cut. Awesome. Oh, I'm sorry. What track is this again? <laughs> Dynamite. Dynamite. All right, Dynamite from Star Ocean Two. <laughs> Put down your pitchforks, people. You're listening to Dynamite 
from the game Star Ocean 2, the second story for the Sony PlayStation composed by Motui Sakuraba. That might be the noisiest track you've ever chosen for the show. Yes. There's a lot. There's a lot of... I mean, not noise in that, in the pejorative, right? It's like noise in that, like this section in the middle where it's like supposed to be like a guitar riff. It is, it is grungy. Yes. Like if we were ever to have done, we would not because it wouldn't make sense. But we ever did an episode on stressful music. (laughs) This is stressful. This would have made the top cut. Your last track was pretty stressful too. Yeah, but that's true. This is like, I feel like this is probably the most stressful music track in gaming. That I like hmm, okay easily and it fits do, do, the, do you think this reaches like do you think this toes the line to like not like no that's for me I, I love it like this is my kind of thing I like okay. noise I like grunge I like noise punk this is all me yeah but I know there's a lot of folks like there's like there's like two schools of music in like the world of like video game OSTs there's like these well composed <laughs> uh, melodic tracks that just kind of go along like I can hear the tempo change yeah it's really oh, true it feels yeah. soothing and then there's this and then there's skitching yeah there's skitching <laughs> just a bunch of noise that the composer goes this sounds good now I'm gonna throw some, a chalkboard scratch in there just with that alright now this dog's gonna start barking start barking dog mm-hmm. and then okay now this pot's gonna hit the floor smash yeah. you know and that's this it plays during the boss fights in the game and as you can probably guess, all, all the boss fights, every boss every fight, boss except, fight, except for like the last boss, of yeah, course. Yeah, like this, this is very, this is very atypical. I think of maybe, maybe is do you th- I think it's atypical of Matoi Sakuraba. Do you think it is? Yes and no. Like I feel like over the years, though, he does have he got more in the synthy stuff, mm-hmm. and oh yeah, while his I, music I love- can totally bring stress and pressure when needed, I don't think it ever quite does this. Like mm-hmm. this is. Rare for him, I think. This think style. Maybe this is the other composer, Ken Nagai. <laughs> like he stepped inside, so like, "Hey, take a break, man. I got this." Yeah, or maybe he like maybe, uh, Sakuraba did something, and then Ken walks into the guy. I got this. He's the guy that's doing the drums. He's the one on the cymbal. It's like crash at the cymbal. He's like, "That's what this piece was missing." I just sampled the perfect cymbal and and rides. Really? Yeah. Trust me. Just put it all over this track. That's it's for the boss fight. It's gonna be, they're going to hear it like fifty times. I know they're going to appreciate. They're going to be stressed the they're heck out as they're trying to kill that giant owl bear. You'll—they're going to love it. They'll you know love I mean? like, the stress. Like this is the composer who did like Mario Golf. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that is true. All those Camelot sports games. Does this sound like a tune you want to play tennis yeah, like to? Mario Tennis, like for the N sixty four or whatever. Like, come on. So this is track. Why do I like Star Ocean so much? Like, what puts this on my list of favorite RPGs? Yeah, and, and then what, why Star Ocean Two? So, I said earlier a couple episodes ago that Motoi Sakuraba. I first heard his music probably on a prior game to this, but the first time I heard a track of his and then attributed it to him mm-hmm. was this game. This 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 one specific one. This specific game. Oh, this cool. is why I learned who he was and mm-hmm. how I had to learn more about what he was putting out. Which then the next game I believe was Valkyrie Profile. Oh, which and is so on and so amazing. forth. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, the gameplay of this is it's a RPG system, but when you get into combat, it puts you on a field where it becomes sort of an action RPG. Where yes. You control the character. You whack a guy. Oh, so the only one I've ever played was um, the, I think it was the third one for the play. It was the, the something of oh, it's till the end of time. Till the end of time, right? And but that one, 
is also a kind of action RPG, but like it does, the feel doesn't change. Yeah, that was a 3D one. Okay. This, at this time, this was still when they were doing 2D, so it was like oh. a large skit. You can run to the in and out of the screen, but you were always 2D. Oh, it was foreground, background. Not even. Like, it's just, here's a plane. Here's a big circle. Oh. And you can run towards the screen or away from the screen. And it was like, almost like a, like a shrinky dink where your body would turn to mm-hmm. run towards the screen. <laughs> yeah. But it was more like a cardboard cut, like a cutout turning to be your back all of a sudden. It wasn't like a 3D image. It was okay. 2D images turning. So 2D sprites. Yes. I like that. Yeah. And that combat system was amazing to me. This was also the first time I had played a combat system where you controlled one guy and the other characters ran on like AI mm-hmm. and like a full-on action setting. I know people were thinking, what about Secret of Mana, Pernell? And my response to that is, one, I didn't like the AI. And the, two... The AI, I mean, like, I think it's... I think it can be agreed on that the AI and Secret of Mana... That's so cool. Not so good. And not, not, not super smart. Not the smartest. And while it wasn't exactly intelligent in this game either, <laughs> I was able to work with it better. And I just kind of enjoyed the general flow of the combat. Mm. Now, okay. take that, couple with the, the fantastic pixel graphics or sprite graphics in this game. Um, Two-world system. One of the only RPGs I had played before I got really deep in the Tales games that had, like, here's one world, and then, holy crap, it got destroyed, and now you got to go to another world. Yeah. Like, it was a yeah, major yeah. story element for me. Um, I love the fact that like, it was, like, a weird... It wasn't a job system. It was like a sort of like a crafting system, okay. but the characters could get involved in trades. Let's call them trades or skill types. So like botany. Oh, I see. I you see. could get into like counterfeiting money. Yeah. You could become an author and write books. Counterfeiting money. Yes, you could, can. <laughs> you could create counterfeit money to buy things at the stores in this game. You it was a bodega. Yeah, you, you could you could become librarian. You could become a don in this game. You could not become a don in this game. But it'd be interesting if you could. But there were like, like thirty or forty different like job like skill things you could build up, and they all were attributed to like just odd elements of the game. Like I said, you could like counterfeit money, you could write books, you could um, write. It was like grow plants, okay, right. grow plants. You could cook food. So all that stuff kind of worked back into the game systems, like with the yeah. food you would eat. Every single thing. Stuff, yeah, right? exactly. Every single thing you could com- create or compose. <laughs> you could write yeah, You could write music. You could master instruments in the game and like have like a player that used the tuba and one player that used like the flute and then and what like... The, what, what does that do? You create music you, I mean, and you can sell the albums or play the music in the game. How do you play the music in the game? Like the sound test. It was weird. Oh, neat. <laughs> really weird game. Like, it, I admit it could have totally been bigger. Oh, so you teach them to play an instrument, but then it was like going through a sound test, listening to the music in the game? Yes. Oh, that's cool. It's such a weird thing. Like and that. the game was one of the only one or the first ones that was like, this game has 400 endings in it, they claim. But all it really was was characters had like social like social links of sorts like characters bonded over okay. the course of the so game one ending that kind of got changed a little bit well yeah exactly because yeah. you get to the end like if these two characters bond that's counted as an ending and if these two characters bonded that's another ending so you get like six endings in one game and it's permutations of the characters who like two who okay. brought in and it was just a weird game and then the bonus dungeon was called the Cave of Trials. That was stupid awesome. You got bunny shoes, which allowed <laughs> you to sprint across the map like a jackrabbit in heat. It was amazing. <laughs> it, it, 
I look back on this game very fondly. There was a girl, a character in the game was a little girl with a backpack that had a giant robotic fist in it. And it just came out of the backpack and punched guys. That's how she fought. Love it. She just beat people up with a mecha fist. I can see why you love this game already. It's a fantastic game. There was a, one of the characters was a kung fu news reporter. That's cool. And she was also the, my bet, my strongest character. That sounds, like, that sounds like a Rambo one half character from, Pretty that, from that old anime. Flash it with cold water, and she becomes a politician. It's like anything goes, no holds barred, kung fu reporting. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, get the scoops, get the scoops. All right, so for my last track, uh, I was thinking Final Fantasy X, but I wanted I wanted to hear more of the soundtrack, so I'm breaking the rules a little bit. This is from Final Fantasy X Part Two. Do! <laughs> yeah, for the PlayStation 2. This is a track called Kilika. It takes place on the island of Kilika. And it's composed by Noriko Matsueda, Takehito Iguchi, and Katsuhiro Hara. <laughs> Fantasy X Part 2 for the Sony PlayStation 2, composed by Noriko Matsueda, Takahito Iguchi, and Katsuhiro Hara. Yeah. So I picked 10 2 because I think of all of the Final Fantasy games I've played mm-hmm. and all of the turn based um, like battle systems that I've played. Mm-hmm. I think 10 2 is my favorite. I, I really liked how quick it was. I think, as far as active time battle, it was the smoothest. And the job system in that game was the best. Yeah, I've heard stories Super of cool. the dress sphere thing being like a very quick and on the fly mechanic where Super like you're not quick, locked yeah. into jobs in a combat situation. You can change them on the fly during battle. Right. So as you play through the game, you get other jobs or other dresses in the game and then so like it's a thief, right? So then suddenly the the thief class becomes available not just to one character, but to all three of your characters in the game. So and then all of the different um, abilities of the thief can be leveled up. And then as you level up those abilities, like more abilities open up or that ability can change and morph into doing other things. Like, you know, stealing turns into like the, the mug attack from Final Fantasy oh. 10 where like, you're like a hit and steal at the same time. 
So yeah, there's a, there's so many possibilities and all the different um, jobs and all the different abilities that you can level up make this game so addictive. Such a good friend. Yeah. And I'm only saying this. Or was, actually, although I said that, you know, I've never played it, but like everything I hear about the dress for your battle system, it's very just good. Like it's up my alley. It's very very cool. Um, and so yeah, I said it was a uh, kind of out of like like broke the rules a little bit because you know it's not ultimately my favorite Final Fantasy game or something. But I wanted to pick you know games that one that I've, I've played all the way through, mm-hmm. and then there had to be a reason why I played it all the way through. And this one, I think primarily is because I wanted to revisit the world of Final Fantasy X. I makes sense because after I asked what was it about this game that drew you, but I can yeah. totally hear you saying, "I want more of this place I've come to love." Yeah, it, it absolutely. It's completely changed from after the events of Final Fantasy X. But Killika is a really good example of the music being similar to the original music in, the, in that world of mm-hmm. Final Fantasy X, but jazzed up. Oh, so they actually, so they actually did change the track. Yeah, just slightly. Slightly, yeah. Not, there, there's a lot of original music in this game, and there's only because you only you don't revisit every place. And, and a lot of the places. Well, Killika is important because I think that's where Waka was from, isn't it? Um, he's from. I could B- be wrong. Or B Sade. He's from B Sade. That's right. Yeah. He was a part of the B Sade, whatever that team with the yeah, Orox or something. Orox or something. Yeah, the the, the Blitzball game, but which they, it, I think it's not, either not in ten two or it's optional. I think it's not even. The Blitzball or the Blitzball, town? Blitzball. No, no, but these towns are in there, and a lot of them like are short. Like you just visit, meet characters, and you kind of move on. Lulu's having a baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Ten Two is super jazzy. I love how jazzed up a lot of the tracks are, which is really cool. Um, and I believe that's Noriko Matsueda's influence on on this uh, soundtrack. So I love how like throughout this episode, I'd pick like loud or stressful track, and then you pick like <laughs> All of mine relaxing, been- like fun track. Like reading this one, I'm like, as we're talking about, I'm just doing like a look like, a sachet in the sea, like doo doo. Dude, it's fun. This track is it's short, but I love the, those little piano licks like in between the It's screamed resort. Yeah, it is. This is like resort town. Like um like a volleyball, like like uh, it's a dead or alive beach volleyball kind like of Like dead or alive, you know, dead or alive beach blitzball. <laughs> beach blitzball. Yeah. <laughs> where it's a game where it's like it's just mini games. Like no, it's like um like a Mario Party type thing. Oh man, I don't, I don't hear that level of stress in this game. On this track, rather. I don't know. I feel like the stress of Mario Party is, like, us putting it on ourselves. Like You're probably right, because, honestly, the game, the music in the game, the colors in the game, most of what the game has is very family-friendly yeah. and kiddish Just, yeah, and super, relaxing, and then you're like, stole my star. <laughs> yeah. Don't go outside tonight. And suddenly, I'm like, wait a minute. Purnell is four steps away from winning the star, and... Can't let him do that. Yes, you can. I cannot let him do that. Sure, you can. And then you're like, and then you're like, Rob, why would you do that? And like, don't. It was the computer. It was not the, the computer, computer character. Did. Don't go to sleep tonight. You stole my <laughs> star. To <laughs> I used yeah. to get vicious at Mario Party. Yeah, that, yeah. So I, I feel like that that game is definitely stressful in its own way. But like, the players make it stressful. I, I just, I, I love it. It's, it's a thing I'll never get rid of. Just. And especially when I play Mario Party, because you know how it goes. It's oh, everybody yeah. against Purnell every time. Oh, man. It's like dead eyes on the couch just staring okay. me down. Like, you, should, you should watch some of the Game Grumps episodes where they play through some of the Mario Party games. Because the first one or two episodes, they're having fun. They're cracking jokes. But by the third or fourth, like their friendship is over. Oh, yeah. It's so funny. The first time you ring that boo bell, and it's like, who do you want me to steal a star from? Yeah, You're like, yeah. don't you send her to um, me. It's like, it's so real. It's, it's almost too real. <laughs> it's really good. 
like vicious game. All right, I'm gonna turn the track down, and we're gonna get into the part of the show we call the bonus round. Bonus round. The bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements based on our theme today. Um, I picked a fourth game. Did you do the same? Oh, for the bonus for the bonus round. Oh, of course. Okay, great, good. All right, what's your track? So. It's funny how I've been thinking about this game a lot lately, most especially because its anniversary release was this week. Well, last week when this episode releases. Oh, what's up? Oh, we'll get to that. Oh, come on. I'm getting there. Come on, Pernell. I want to know. All right. <laughs> but in addition to that, I was going to pick the original track from the game, or just I was considering it, but I think it already came up in a previous episode. So, start digging for covers. Bada bing, bada boom. I found it. And I'll get into dialogue about it after the track plays, but this is a remix of the track Johnny C. Bad from what is likely my favorite Final Fantasy game, the sixth one. And it is done by one of my favorite cover bands, SSH.
Jack doesn't make that much money. You know how it goes. Good night, Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> Great, man. That was a very lengthy rendition of Johnny C. Bad from the man SSH from arranged from the original game, Final Fantasy VI. The best Final Fantasy game. Rob and I aren't going to fight over that because we like our own Final Fantasy for our own reasons. Well, you want to fight about it? Big whoop, want to fight about it. <laughs> but, like, this one, like, Final Fantasy VI, I used to, I feel like throughout the course of doing this show mm-hmm. is how I was able to finally just say six is it. Because I used to fight between four and six, and I could never just choose which was my all time favorite. Like, Final in your Fantasy. mind, you couldn't, like, it was always teeter tottering on both. Yes. I could not just, I couldn't settle. But over the course of doing this show, I think I've accepted that. I think six is the one that I prefer. Six is the one that hits you, huh? Yes, it is. Because the story, I mean, the main gripe, I, uh, the main thing I always put four on a pedestal for is the story is fantastic and it runs fluid from beginning to end. Whereas mm. with six, there's that World of Ruin segment where instead of being a consistent plot, it, be, it goes from being a, a consistent plot line to like a series of like many stories. As you go and make up, discover, relocate all your friends and help settle their little their disputes to eventually go fight Kefka at the end. But honestly, the overall concept of the game, just the element of Kefka being a, a excellent villain, mm-hmm. the idea of how you worked with Espers in that game and you could customize your party. This right, was like the right. first Final Fantasy game that I played because remember five didn't come out here originally. That's correct. Yeah. Um this was my first RPG where like all of the characters could pretty much be whatever you wanted them to be. Yeah. Um and the Espers were a large part of why that was. Um the colors in the world, just the way it was designed, that I was just, I was just gonna sound I was I was in love with the etching around the character sprites. Yeah, I see. Yeah, it was it was kind of like a black outline almost. Yes. Yeah. It made them look defined. Mm-hmm. It was a visually, it was a splendid visual game. Yeah. I was enchanted by it, and I love the modern the magic meets you know machine bit because Final Fantasy IV started with that a little bit. Yeah, but six really it opens with the the, the robot mechas like like going through the snow and, and entering the city. Like that's really neat. Yes. A cool opening. So good. All right. So uh, my track comes from Skies of Arcadia for the Sega Dreamcast, the, the system that didn't have a whole lot of RPGs on it. Now, for the record, folks, I did have a shot in the dark on this. Like, I bet it's going to be Skies of Arcadia because yeah. he hadn't called it yet, and this I, is his baby. Had to make an appearance. Um, this is a, a newer, it comes from a newer album, remix album, that was released on Overclocked Records. Uh, no, overclocked remixes. <laughs> overclocked records! Overclocked remix records. <laughs> anyway, um, this is called Victory, Glory, Profit. <laughs> mm. um, this is the victory theme for a normal battle and for um, for the uh, ship battles within Skies of Arcadia. This is by Glacial Spoon. Um, real name is Robert Kemp. <laughs>
as Victory Glory Prophet from Skies of Arcadia. This was remixed by Glacial Spoon or Robert Kemp. And that was the Victory themes, both Victory themes, kind of done up in a drum and bass kind of remixy style from Skies of Arcadia. Isn't that awesome? I feel weird by saying this, but this may be one of my favorite covers that you've played on the show. It's really good. Like, it's... It's really, really good. And you don't hear a lot of Skies of Arcadia. Like people like Skies of Arcadia made an impact, I feel, um, with video games and with RPGs. The time it came out, the system it was on, the style, like the, the type of game like It was considered rather grand. Yeah, it was big. Because it was uh, big in scope, mm-hmm. but also I wanna say I gotta double back and make sure that Grandia two didn't come out first. Ooh, but that- I wanna say that this was like the first big RPG release on the system. Yeah, we have there was like Evolution and you know <laughs> I EGG. Think I think you're right. I think I think Grandia Two was released on the system a little bit later, but not too much later. Because I remember I remember having them both at the same time. I think one of my friends um, had it at the same time. But yeah, what pulled me into this game was definitely the exploration. Uh, the world was so different. Like it was all pirates. Sky. And, everything's in the sky with all, all pirates and and like sailboats in the sky is very interesting and then there's that huge turn in the second half of the game where the whole world just changes and you're like how is this gonna how is this gonna happen you know how how are they gonna play this through and just you had to see it through and it's amazing that very long whereas very long this is like that game where when you talk about it it makes me want to go back and revisit because i actually for as much as i played it i never got to the turning point point in the game i remember remember talking about this well the what made the game so long and kind of a slog where the the random random battles would happen constantly way too often but the remakes they've made i I remember they redid it on get on the gamecube yeah um, and they 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 turned those down. And I actually started playing it on the GameCube mm-hmm. some years ago. I was borrowing Legends from a friend because, sadly, as comes up sometimes on the show, every once in a blue moon, I tell myself, I'm not going to buy that. I'm going to wait for it to go <laughs> down in price, and then I'll get it. And this was one of those games. Mm-hmm. And, of course, as you know, when Pernell does not buy a game on release day, its price skyrockets. So Skies of Arcadia Legends became a collector's item, yep. and I couldn't afford it, and I'm not going to spend, like, over 100 bucks for a game. So um, a friend of mine down in Baltimore let me borrow his copy, and I was squeezing play bits in between all my other games when I could. But then one day he was like, I need my game back, man. You've been sitting on it for him. I'm like, no! Maybe I thought you'd forgotten you'd given it to me. It's funny because my copy, I remember I gave it to Max way back in the day, our friend Max. And uh, I know he still has it. I'm glad he still has it. I know he hey Max, it. if you're listening, send it to me. In fact, I would not probably. I, I would have sold it by now. So I'm glad he still has it. Exactly. He's so send it to it. me, not to Rob, because he'll <laughs> sell it. He'll sell it forever. But yeah, this is definitely one of the better, like probably one of the best remixes we played on the show. It's really well produced. It's true to the theme, and it is heavy. That second half is heavy. I like it. Had a, a, a dash of skrill. Yeah, it's got that kind of yeah, that kind of that that but it was the good synthesizers wub. that jump around a whole lot. It was a good wub. Um, yeah, it's very much like Pendulum or DJ Friction. If anyone's into drum and bass, there's actually an artist named DJ Friction. Yeah, I guess that shouldn't surprise me. Honestly, <laughs> um, yeah, or uh, even Noisia, a little bit of Noisia, but it's a little all over the place. So, for more information on the bonus round part of the show, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We're gonna have links to their SoundClouds and Bandcamps, and everywhere you can go, find the music and support the artists. And you better believe you got to support this Glacial Spoon artist. He's really good. <laughs> His name is Glacial Spoon. Well, the whole Spoon. album is like that. It's really good. It's the, the whole album is like Glacial Spoon? Glacial Spoon did the whole album. 
So the entire album is like a giant frozen spoon slowly coasting across the it's, ocean. It's so slow. It's just, it's frozen. And it's just being pulled by penguins. Possibly. <laughs> That's all I can picture is penguins. They're going, they need to get somewhere and baby, they're going to get there. They're going to get there. Thanks for joining us on episode 17-9 of Rhythm and Pixels, our first episode of Our Favorites. And this is our favorite RPG games, our favorite role-playing game games. And you know we weren't going to go on this episode without getting E's in here at some point. I'd yeah. never be able to live with myself. This is from E's part one and two for the TurboGrafx CD, which is like your... Like that's my choice. That's your nostalgia trip right there. Like That's everything. Yeah, like I've listened to E's Chronicles, E's Eternal... The original PC-98 version of this. Yeah, the original ease, but like you, for you, it's the CD. This is the one. Like yeah. I, I was listening to the um, to the Ease Chronicles, which is the most recent re-release mm-hmm. version of this, and it's kind of done like in a Mexican like salsa style. Oh, cool. And people were like, this is the best version of this track yet. <laughs> and I'm sitting here with my arms crossed like an old curmudgeon going, like, no, no, <laughs> no. This has nothing on the CD version when I was a kid. <laughs> We played this track and back gum we liked it. We explored this shrine for hours. <laughs> no idea where we were going. No idea we could save that poor girl in the bell tower. Oh, uh, you were just be- you were but babes. We babes. We babes. Like this track, this game. Mm-hmm. I've said it a lot on the show, so I'm not gonna go bonkers, but this track resonates with me at a deep level. It makes me feel like I'm coming up on the end of an adventure. Yeah. And yet, baby, this adventure, you get here, this, your adventure's just getting started practically. It's it, it, amazing because this song sounds like the adventure's getting started, you know? It's really cool. Yeah, it's like, I feel like Solomon's Shrine is half of these two. Wow. It's such a big location. Mm. And you do so much there. So much. God, I love this music. <laughs> it just feels, doesn't it feel good? It feels good. I, and the sound of it, too. It's very... It's not chip tune, and it's not like arcade kind of crunchy sound. It's it's definitely, but it's definitely of that time. Mm-hmm. I like that. Makes me think of I Goldberg. <laughs> Makes me think of J C Penney's. <laughs> no, 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 Pomeroy's. Pomeroy's. Yeah. I don't even remember Pomeroy Rose's Department Store. All kinds of crazy bits. Caldor. I just have that weird memory <laughs> of like going to I Goldberg with my dad for snow boots. Oh yeah. And he made me stop playing this game while I was in Solomon's Shrine about to go to the you know the Cam- Campanile Lane. Mm. And I just all I could think about the whole trip was getting back and saving the girl on the bell tower. <laughs> Were you able to save your game or did you have to like leave it running? I had to leave it running. Oh. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. This game I could say I was able to save it. Okay. But this was C D, they had that they had the onboard memory for the console. Oh interesting. I don't know I don't know too much about the Turbo Duo except that it was there was a CD add on and then there then there was the system that had both included at the same Well that time. is the duo. Yeah, the, the duo, yeah, yeah. No, but I that's all I really it. know about it. I don't know much about the uh, internal saves. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, for more information about the show, if you wanna to talk to us, you wanna say hi, you wanna um, you have any track suggestions or, or even topic suggestions Send us an email. Rhythmpigs.com. Um, and actually, on that um, note, I want to thank our listener, Anwar, for writing to us again. 
Um, oh was, my God, that felt so good. It didn't it though? Yeah, it was a really, really nice letter. I, I wrote back to him. I'm not sure if he saw that in, in the sent box, but I did sometimes, not. Sometimes, but sometimes we do things we don't tell each other. But um, I hope you got our message okay. And um, no, it's, I'm glad that we've reached you. It's something. To, it's something to be said. It. Like yeah. he wrote us from the other side of the globe, and we live in a world where. Everybody and their grandma wants to fight about what someone else is doing, what some other country is doing, what these guys are doing. But at the end of the day, we're all people. Yeah. We all love being people. Yeah, we want yeah, to play yeah, video absolutely. games yes. or do things we enjoy. And reading that, I swear, reading that email, especially on the day that it came, mm-hmm. it felt wonderful to read. Absolutely. it's It really speaks to us in that when they, we, we say and we believe that, you know, music can really cross borders and cross, you know, cultural divides, religious divides. But like it, it really has, you know. And, and thank you so much for the picture. We really got a kick out of that. Oh, that thing was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, like seeing your, your game collection, like your comics and stuff. Like, yeah, like we're we're the same everywhere, right? Dang it's right. Great. I love it. I almost I almost swore. <laughs> but like, it's so true, man. You just feel very strongly. But but yeah, thank you so much. Um, so yeah, please write to us. We read everything, and sometimes we respond. <laughs> if, 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 Sometimes uh, it gets lost in spam. Who knows? <laughs> and even if it ends up being a matter of like Rob ends up doing the typing because Rob's like, bam, words, baby. We will end up likely breaking it up on the show anyway oh, yeah, because, sure. quite frankly, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a guy that likes to gab. Yeah, and it makes us happy. We like we like seeing that people people care. Um, You're here today. But if you'd like more information also about the show, a full track listing from all the episodes and links to all of the other cool stuff that we're doing, such as our YouTube page, um, which is a 24-7 video game music And for the record... Which is only 8-bit and 16-bit for now. I know, I know, I know. And and, and I adhere to that. But with that said... Yes. I've been lazy, folks. I've been telling Rob, okay, we're going to check it out. We're going to start talking about more games we can put on here, and I've been putting it off because I'm just like that. We'll get to it. But it's no, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I've been looking. I've been taking down some notes. So th- it's been running in that closet for more than six months now. But like it was actually, the stream was actually credited for running for six months. Wait, and, what? And then I checked it, and it actually rebooted itself. Oh, uh, for April first. So I lost. I lost that. Like, like recently, like this April first. A- April first was when. It <laughs> but like the computer didn't reboot itself; just the stream restarted. So, which is fine. I think you're supposed to do that. Yeah, but it's something something to be said about us. having this eternal stream going. I know because you can because you, you know you can scroll back on the tr- on the history only. Three hours. Oh, it has a limit. Yeah. Ah, nuts. I listen, I listen to a lot of radio stuff at work. But anyway, so check that out. Um, if you like it, hit the subscribe button or whatever. That's always fine. If you want to say hi to us on uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Um, YouTube, it's YouTube.com/slash Rhythm and Pixels. Again, it's all one word. Uh, check us out there. Um, if you'd like to support the show, go ahead and just share it with people. Be like, hey, I listen to podcasts, and um, you thought I was a nerd? Well, listen to this. I am <laughs> extra nerd. So I listen to Rhythm and Pixels. Nerd Extreme. Yeah, go ahead and, and uh, share it everywhere. It makes us feel real good. Um, also, go to patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. You can support us there, and you also get access to monthly live streams of all of our shows. And we'd like to thank all of our Patreon members at the end of every episode. So we'll start with that Nick Walker. Nick Walker. Um, Alex the Messenger Messenger. All about that message. Um, I think he's got a new show coming out soon called The Mix and Mess, which is Mix Six Master and The Messenger. 
such an interesting name, and it fits their names. Too. I know it's really weird. Um, Chex Mix. <laughs> Chex Mix. Well, thank. I hope they should do like a cereal thing every every episode. I'd like that. All right, I want to thank Steve Miller. I'm I'm back on the mix and mess. Mix and we gotta, mess. If, oh, yeah. if either of them listen to this show, yeah. and you hear this, your jingle should have some weird cereal jingle type sound to it, like. Have another bowl of mix and mess, yeah. yeah, or something like that. It just fits. Mix and mess in the morning, and mix and mess in now. I, I have no idea. <laughs> mix and mess in the morning, mix and mess in the evening, mix and mess in supper time. All right. So uh, I want to thank Steve Miller, uh, the autistic gamer, Cameron Worma, Christopher Shenstrom, Damian Beckles, Bobby Arson of the One Up Funk, uh, Wicked Sephiroth. Oh, uh, the One Up Funk, which I think has an album or a few tracks that are being released. Uh, this past weekend, so go check that out. One Up Funk. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say OneUpFunk.com. And also, probably, if you're listening, you probably to Google that first. Well, Bob, <laughs> that's about to say, Bobby. If you're listening to this actual episode, hit us with some details. Yeah, we'll, we'll share. And it. we'll share. Well, it. That'd be good. Uh, Wicked Sephiroth. Okay, and Paula. Uh, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes Three podcast. Um, he's been sharing stuff with um, uh, Samo Hung, who's a, um, a, a, a Kung Fu action star mm-hmm. he, who re, he, in the 90s he tried to break into American TV and he, there was um, like, kind of a TV show that didn't really make it but I was so excited when it came out I got and this I odd feeling if you named the show I would know it uh, too I, don't, I gotta look up I had completely forgot about Sam Ohan um, until I saw his posts on his podcast I was like oh, that's right I love that guy um, he's really really funny um, I want to thank Henrik Anderson of the Camouflage Commodore 64 podcast Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast, Brian Pitt, Morton Gangso, Chris Murray, <laughs> uh, Jupiter Jazz, <laughs> uh, Solus Sanctuary. Again, thanks for that. Oh, this awesome artwork. Of, it of, will live on in infamy. Uh, uh, it's Persona Five. Yes, I would never know. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank uh, Mix Six Master, Joe Fasalo, Chris Senerson, and David Smith. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the show. It means more than words can describe. So here's a bowl of gravy. So here's a bowl of mix and mess. <laughs> Delicious. Thank you all so much. Uh, next week, uh, we have another uh, top favorites from Cornell and Rob. I'm not sure which one it is yet. I got a feeling that since RPGs was like my idea and it was kind of more weighted on Rob to be like, crap! I think this one will probably be his the next call. one's going to be raunchy PC-98 game. Oh, well, I'm going to... Sp- Fail there. Here's more marble cooking. No, it's probably fighting games. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, we have we have a we have some in mind. It's on the calendar. I'll think of it later. But tune in for that. And then at the end of this month will be our Patreon live streamed episode. And I think it's going to be Patreon favorites. Yeah. So just like how we've been doing it for this one and the next two, what we're shooting for is tracks from your favorite games. Not necessarily just tracks that you think sound good, though. We want that too. But focus more on like games you like and then give us music from those. And if you got a testimonial to go with it, hey, baby, all better. <laughs> hey, baby, all better. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, oh, I want to say also, too, um, last episode was episode 170. Really? It's pretty amazing, right? Climbing sky high. And there's, more, there's more in the feed or there's more that should be in our feed um, because of like our, our podcasting anniversary shows and stuff that aren't numbered but yeah it's 170 it's pretty cool kicking butt kicking and having butt. fun so yeah at the end of this year we're gonna have 200 episodes we'll have something something super fancy we planned. can even have a maybe a musical maybe yeah th- 
Rhythm and Pixels the musical. Yeah. I like that. It needs to happen. Yeah, so yeah, we do have some plans. On the if anybody out there is a good writer, wants to write the musical, we're not going to stop. Yeah. We'd can, appreciate it, too. If the whole thing is just Johnny C. Bad. <laughs> yes. How many times can we sing lyrics to this song? Oh, man. Well, anyway, I got to get out of here because I am going to crash. So this has been Rhythm and Pixels. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Thanks for listening and have a safe week. And remember, so I know a lot of time on the show you'll hear me discuss and talk about difficulties game. Like, I like this. But no matter how you slice, you got to remember, I'm just spouting things I like. And everyone likes different things. And you are free to like whatever you want. Because at the end of the day, we all play games. We all are here to have a good time. And what you're looking for is going to be different than it is for everybody else. You want a game that makes you relax? There's tons out there for that. Look them up, play them, talk about them, and share them with your friends. If you want a game that makes you want to break your teeth in four, well, well, first of all, why would you want to do that? Sure. But (laughs) if you want to play a game that's really grating and challenging, they're out there too. Go look them up and get that that, that head-against-the-wall feeling of satisfaction from completing them. There's so many options, though. So bloody many that it shouldn't be about who's playing the wrong stuff. It's just about playing what's right for you. Just go out and have fun. That's what it's all about. <laughs>